Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father PJ, good morning. Good morning, Father. We have an special guest this morning. We do. We have with us this morning Ms. Sarah Stevenson Rooney, uh, the principal at, at, at Christ the King. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Welcome. So let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who enlightened the Slavic peoples through the brothers St. Cyril and Methodius, grant that our hearts may grasp the words of your teaching and perfect us as the people of one, accord in true faith and right confession. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let Amen. us proceed. St. Cyril and Methodius. Right. So Cyril and Methodius are two really kind of uh, giants um, in, the, in the church's own life and history, and often forgotten in our part of the world because their influence is primarily in what we think of now as the Eastern churches. So the Slavic churches, um, uh, places like Lithuania and Croatia and, and, and a lot of what's now part of Russia. Um, their, their impact uh, is felt throughout all of those Eastern lands. Um, but their, probably their deepest um, influence today continues in uh, the Russian and Slavic alphabet and language. Uh, obviously, there was a spoken language before they got there, but there, there wasn't a codified written alphabet yet. And so they created a new alphabet that was different from the Greek alphabet, which they knew and was more or less like what we have. Um, in order to capture the sounds of the people that, that, that lived in this place. And together, they wound up bringing the faith to a place that's now had it for 1,200 years. So we have the great errancy based on that monastic education from these two giant signs, as you describe that. Yeah, so, 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 so both were brought up in the Byzantine monastic tradition, which looks a little bit different than the, than the kind of monks that we're more familiar with here. Um, both had long periods of time as hermits, uh, and so they were, they were spending large chunks of time sort of studying on their own, and then they would come back in common to sort of share ideas and, and learn from, uh, from others, um, and they brought that same kind of ethos with them when they became missionaries to the, to the, to the un, uh, unchristianized lands of the East. Do you think that current education, we, when we're talking about Catholic education, we continue information like a monastic style in the basis discipline order memory yeah you know i think i think what we try and cultivate especially on the parochial level now it's important to note right like nothing like parochial schools the way we imagine them now because there weren't even grade schools in the way we think of right this was all kind of private tutoring but it existed in the ninth century but but i think what we do that's the same is we try and cultivate in our families the same sense of structure and discipline and order and like direction or focus maybe even better today in the early formation of our young people so that as they get older and wind up in high school whether that's at dowling or someplace else that they've got the kind of base skills necessary uh to become real scholars and i i certainly think we do that at christ the king and i and, and i'm sure we do it at, at schools throughout the region and the whole diocese uh so if we can invite it sarah to our conversation so how this spiritual component help you in your responsibility as a principal? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say, um, most importantly, it gives the whole um, organization a sense of purpose. 
And so, you know, obviously at a faith-based school, a Catholic school, our primary purpose is to get our students to heaven or help our students get to heaven. And so um, all of the other things that fall under that umbrella are just an extension of that. So, you know, the rigorous academics, the structure that um, Father PJ was talking about, um, all of those things fall under that umbrella. And so um, just that sense of purpose that we have makes everything else a lot easier. And clearly for me as a Catholic school principal, um, that sense of purpose is what drives me personally and professionally. And at the same time, Father, that word rigorous, like uh, sorry, including in our vocabulary this morning, also help us to understand discipline in terms of the monastic education as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, the reason education flourished in monastic communities was because they were communities that were already focused on discipline. Like, that's what they were for, right? They were, they, they were founded so that people could live more structured lives. They found sort of ordinary life in the city to be sort of unfocused and cluttered. And, they, and so they tried, first of all, to strip down, so have fewer things, fewer distractions, and then focus on what's really essential. So, um, you know, I think a, a good example of this in our own day, it, it looks weak maybe in comparison, but it's just like the way we do and don't use technology. We have very specified uses for technology in the classroom that are intended to enhance the children's education. But we, we work very hard to make sure that technology doesn't become a distraction or an encumbrance. It's the same kind of thing today as it was 800 years ago. It was probably just, I don't know, like notepads that we were hiding from kids then or something. Um, uh Sarah, so Cyril and Methodius might not be some of your first go-tos, but who do you really look to in the tradition uh, as like models for how how to do Catholic education today? Yeah, so I would go back to somebody whose feast day we celebrated last month, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who's kind of considered the foundress of American Catholic schools. Um, she is somebody that I look to personally and I think is um, a great model for um, American Catholic education, because um, in her heart, she wanted to bring Catholic education to uh, students and children who were being um, left out of traditional education, right? And so I think that that is something that we don't consider as much um, in our current Catholic schools. And I think that that's a shame because I think we really do still have um, that mission at our heart. And so to think back to our roots, basically, and consider those students who really could benefit from a Catholic education that aren't receiving it currently or have barriers to receiving that. I think that we need to do outreach and um, really seek out those students that can most stand to benefit from a Catholic education. Kind of a resource small return to the sources. Mm -hmm. It's uh, probably, we, we're talking a little bit uh, in a superficial manner that, but Technology has been a huge, huge goal today to try to, try to conquer in favor than against in the education of our youth generation as well, you know? Yeah, the purpose, the, the purpose is not just to like make our kids Amish or something. That's, that's <laughs> right. So, so, so we want them to be able to be responsible digital citizens. But developmentally, that requires a certain amount of rigor, especially on the front end, so that when the technology is introduced, they're able to do it in a, in a more meaningful and holistic way. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Elite Glass and Metal, LLC in Johnston, a full-service glass and glazing contractor serving Des Moines and surrounding areas, new construction, existing projects, and residential. Learn more at EliteGlassAndMetal.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Knights of Columbus, Borman, and Pfeiffer Agencies, serving Catholic families in Iowa, offering life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, and retirement annuities. The Knights of Columbus is a fraternal benefit society able to provide financial security to members and their families. Learn how Knights of Columbus agent Justin Wadley can help. 563-689-6801. 563-689-6801 or kfc.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from The Ball Team, providing construction services for commercial, industrial, medical, and education projects. Ball Team can assist with pre-construction, site selection, design-build, project management supervision. Buildwithball.com. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the meaning to be a principal in the, in the school? I love it. Uh, it means that every day is different, which is kind of um, really right up my alley. I would get bored with a desk job. I'm sure you guys would say the same thing about priesthood, right? <laughs> Some days it's a little bit more exciting than you thought you would have signed up for. But uh, but definitely no two days are the same. And it's just a joy. It doesn't seem like I'm at work most of the time. Mm. So most of the time um, when I'm with the students and with the teachers and uh, just going about our day-to-day lives, it just feels like, um, you know, just basically living your mission, I guess. Sarah, how long have you been in Catholic education? Uh, this is my fifth year. Uh-huh. And what led you to this? Uh, it's kind of an interesting story. So I was a public school educator for um, the majority of my career in teaching and actually all of my career in teaching. I was in public school, but when I decided to go into administration, um, never even thought I was going to be a principal, um, just thought, well, here's another credential or more learning that I can acquire. Um, I went to Creighton and they had a Catholic school leadership mm-hmm. um, track. And I'm like, well, I'm Catholic and I'm a, um, in this program. So why not take this this credential and uh, s- learn so much about Catholic education that I'm like, I want this for my kids. Um, and so my oldest daughter was in preschool at the time at St. Cecilia And the principal there said that he was leaving. I had been doing some kind of internship stuff for him. And so he encouraged me to apply. And that's how I ended up in Catholic education as a principal. And this is St. Cecilia in Ames, yeah? In Ames, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, you came to us at Christ the King when? Uh, June or July of this year. So Uh very recently, over the summer, this past summer. And how have you found things so far? Oh, it's been great. The the kids are great. The parents are great. The larger parish community is great. I love it. The pastor's a bit rough. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, honest. the pastor is great. <laughs> Feel free to say whatever you want. <laughs> no, everything is wonderful. I would, I would, I'm being honest. It's great. What do you note, having been in both worlds, mm-hmm. what would you say is the difference that Catholic education can bring to the educational marketplace today? Mm-hmm. Well, I... Uh, I notice it most uh, strongly as a parent. Um, I uh, grew up with a non-practicing Catholic mother and so um, came fully into the faith in adulthood. And so I feel as a parent that I had some gaps in my own knowledge that um, a Wednesday night 
uh, class wasn't going to um, cut it for my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just my own personal choice. I know there are a lot of different family situations, but that was my choice. And so I would say that once my children have entered Catholic school, um, our conversations around the faith have been much more rich. Um, Our practices um, in faith have been much more um, in-depth. Because we have that common language just from school to home. And so, again, it just seems very seamless. Like me going to work every day doesn't feel like work. It just feels like a seamless between school and home life for me and my children. So I think that any family that's looking for that for their own family um, would really um, stand to benefit from checking out a Catholic school. Obviously, uh, there are a lot of changes in Catholic education, especially here in Iowa, in the last uh, several months. Um, the the ongoing regionalization project, which has been happening for the schools uh, in this part of the diocese, and then, of course, the more recent legislation. What do you see as the greatest uh, notes of hope moving forward? What really gets you excited looking toward the next three to five years? Yeah, I'm very excited um, because I feel like I alluded to earlier that Catholic schools at their inception were really designed for people who um, desired an education, but for whatever reason had a barrier. And so I feel like with um, the most recent legislation, this is going to open up um, opportunities for families and for students that never um, either perceived to have that opportunity before or really um, the barriers were so high that they were unable to access um, a Catholic education. And so I feel like, you know, this is just a renewed um, sense of our, our mission, right? And we should see it as such that um, we can really reach more students than we ever have been able to before. And um, I'm just really excited to see where that leads. Yeah, this is this is something that touches me very personally as well. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in our Catholic school system here in Des Moines, and um, I'm very, very grateful for the education I received. Um, but the whole time we were going through the whole family was sort of employed on the side to help work off uh, extra tuition. And I, um, I, it's, it's really just critical that we don't have that be the sort of barrier um, that keeps people out the door. Um, We have no idea who we're missing out on by, by, Mm -hmm. by, by just sort of stiff arming people right out of the gate. So, so, so we really have great cause um, for joy, much to look forward to. What uh, what challenges do you see coming down the pike and where 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 do you see us really needing to put um, full energy and effort to make sure we can do the best we can? Yeah, I would say, um, like we talked about in the previous segment, um, just that atmosphere that we have in Catholic schools of the structure of the discipline of the rigor. um, And this is no fault of public schools, but it is a different climate in a Catholic school. It's you can perceive it when you walk in the door. And so if we're receiving students who have traditionally been educated in the public school system, that is something that um, I think that they and their families will be able to notice and just being able to acclimate them to it. It's not necessarily anything negative. It's just, you know, when you go to a different workplace or a different, you know, Mm -hmm. parish probably for you guys as as priests, you know, it's just a different atmosphere that you have to learn how to navigate. And so I think that that might be a barrier, um, not anything that we can't overcome, but just um, for families that don't have that Catholic 
school history in their background, just teaching them what is a Catholic school? This is what we're all about. And I think they'll fall in love with it. In fact, I know they will. But um, it's just uh, getting over that hump of um, just that learning curve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing that you value most, the thing that has that has really struck you most since your own shift into Catholic education? Well, um, obviously, like you talked about, um, I'm in Catholic education because I believe that it's the the very best thing for my kids. Um, also, because, um, you know, we're all on the same page. And so um, it doesn't, um, you know, financially, I could be making more in public schools, but that's not where um, my desire is right now. And so um, for me to be able to put in the... Um, the sweat equity, I guess, mm-hmm. of uh, for my own kids and for other kids, I think that it's going to um, be shown in leaps and bounds in what these kids are going to be able to contribute to society when they're grown. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. We've never told a generation of young people more frequently to love and believe in themselves. I don't think we've ever seen so much self-loathing, though. I think it's because our affirming talk is accompanied by a secularized, godless worldview that essentially says, you're a cosmic accident, you're no more than a lump of cells, your destiny is worm food, but believe in yourself. (laughs) All of humanity's achievements will ultimately end up as rubble, but you can accomplish anything. Give me a break. God's word doesn't only teach us to follow the call in our hearts and believe in our worth, but shows us why. You're a child of God, created in His image and likeness. God found you worth dying for. You are destined for eternal glory. Your Heavenly Father loves you. Now, believe in yourself and follow your dreams. If there's a difference between secular self-help and the stuff you find here, it's that self-help that checks faith at the door for all the good you can find there just doesn't remotely compare. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. This coming seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time, in the first reading from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verses 1 to 2, 17 to 18, the Lord said, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the whole Israelite community and tell them, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall not bear hatred for your brother or sister in your heart, Though you may have to reprove your fellow citizen, do not incur sin because of him. Take no revenge, cherish no grudge against any of your people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holiness and education, education to be holy. It's a very interesting combination, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways, right, this is the difference that we bring to to the educational story. Um, of course, we want to produce children that are good citizens that contribute to society, but we're trying to make saints. And and holiness is uh, holiness in some ways can only be caught; it can't strictly be taught, right? You need content, but um, but it, but it, it's contagious, right? You've got to sort of get it from proximity to other people. And saints make saints, like Cyril and Methodius, who Correct. were able to mission together. And so, so as we cultivate the next generation of saints in our in our Catholic schools, um, I I. Uh, in some ways, this could be the mission statement, right? Just be holy. That's what you're for. And obviously, education is part of the training, not only in intellectual level, 
also including spiritual level as well, mm -hmm. as we have in our in our schools that great responsibility to helping them in growing in terms of faith, moral skills, and ethical skills as well. Sarah, what would be some examples of real growth you've seen in, in kids since your time here or in your time at St. Cecilia, but really growth, growth in faith, growth in holiness, growth in, in personal and, and spiritual development? Yeah, so um, at St. Cecilia, our um, service projects every month were centered around the corporal works of mercy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that is something that I've tried to bring here to Christ the King. And so, for example, um, we were at Mass last night at St. Cecilia, and uh, Father Zappolo was talking about doing... Um, an underwear drive for clothe the naked mm -hmm. because he was talking about that's people need like new underwear, you know? Um, and so people who are, um, without clothing, that's something that's really valuable to, to have new underwear. And so, um, my, one of my daughters said, Oh, we're doing the clothe the naked work of mercy at Christ the King too. Um, and so we're raising money to, um, I believe, buy uniforms for the students at our um, sister school in Tanzania. And so for my daughter to make that connection um, was really precious. And also, um, we were making dinner on Saturday to take to the Romero House in Ames, the Catholic Worker House in Ames. And my girls just jumped right in and helped. And we're just making a big, you know, roaster pan of chili. And so to me, for them to be able to recognize those opportunities in daily life to grow in holiness and not um, not complain, but just readily um, jump into the task at hand. Uh, that's that's how we grow day to day to be um, to be more active in our spiritual life. Yeah, I think, you know, the. the the external signs, right, right? The internal fruit gets measured in sort of external signs. Um, and so things like uh, like the service projects and especially the relationships that our kids build with people, you know, that's, that's I, of course, you love seeing um, food and toys and other resources uh, uh, sort of pile up so that we're able to give to people. But it's when, the, it's, it's when our kids are able to actually interact with those that they're serving that I really see the faith come alive, right? Hearts Correct. and minds and eyes. And it's very interesting how you describe that the testimony of life helping our mm -hmm. youth and minor generations to be close to God in acting service, in service to others as well. And many of our education must be moved by testimony, you know. Mm -hmm. Important, the intellectual part, but at the same time, the practical expression of our believers as well. You know, I... Um one thing I see at Christ the King that I haven't seen in every other place I've been, I don't know that it's totally unique to us, but that oh. we, we still have a very uh, strong sense sort of the internal community, you know, and of the um, probably 20 or so couples we're preparing for marriage this yet this year, uh -huh. at least two of them have been together since they were at our grade school. Like they they wow. grew up together, and 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 so Good. there's a, there's a way in which you know Valentine's Day this week as well, right? <laughs> we, there's this natural kind of connection. People build the relationships that wind up sustaining them for their whole life. Um, that happens in families. That happens in extended family and in like friend networks. We certainly have loads of that on the south side, but um, but sometimes it even happens in, in in holy marriages too. And so we're grateful when that that shows up. Father mentioned about Valentine's Day. How will be the best manner to approach in the in the school, school mm -hmm. this a kind of a secular celebration, but at the same time, very uh, religious and faithful celebration about love, mm -hmm. compassion, mercy as well, you know? Yeah, so we don't really have like Valentine parties like we would, <laughs> you know, in the in the public schools. 
Um, but we do let our students exchange Valentine's. And so I think that that is really important for students to know, um, not necessarily on St. Valentine's Day, um, although it, it just kind of flows together that way, but just like the act of doing something special for your classmate, for all your classmates, not necessarily the ones that you, uh, you know, run around with every day and yeah, <laughs> sit together every day at lunch or whatever, but all of your classmates, because there's, there's something special about every single um, person in, in your class, right? We're all created by God to have um, our unique qualities. And so having a day where students can recognize that and, you know, give their their little friends a token of their um, affection for them, I think is really special. It's very interesting. Caritas, no? The word caritas, mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. Obviously, caritas is more extended word than simple uh, sentimental expression as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, the so so etymologically, right, caritas uh, is love, is related to caris, right, which is grace. And so there's a way in which part of what makes part of what makes like romantic love attractive is is the choosingness of it. Like somebody wants me that doesn't need to. And it's the doesn't need to that matters. It's the freeness of the gift. Right. And, that, and, 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 and and that truth works itself out in every holy friendship, um, which is uh, which is why finding a way to make it work in our context, I think, is so important. And obviously, it's more deeply that a simple flowers and chocolates go far to taking care of the other. As well, you know? When I lived in Rome, I, I lived very near uh, the Basilica of the Cosmodine, which is where St. Valentine's uh, relics are enshrined. Um, and, and it's the most popular place in Rome for couples to get engaged. But what's really interesting is that it isn't sort of just lovey-dovey. Like they, they get engaged on the porch of the church. There's a space shows up in the movie Holiday and the, or, or I don't know, Roman Holiday. There you go. Um, uh, but like this, this very famous. But he um, but then but then they go in to venerate these relics of a martyr. Um, and it's very, very clear, right? Love is great. Also, love is suffering, <laughs> right, from the outset. And so nobody, nobody's left unaware. Father, approaching our ending program. And uh, thank you, Sarah, for joining us. So You're could welcome. you please send us with your blessing? May the passion of the Lord Jesus and the merits of the prayers of the Blessed Virgin, St. Joseph, St. Valentine, St. Cyril and Methodius, and all the saints, Grant that whatever good you do or suffering you endure, heal you all your sins, help you grow in holiness, and bring you to everlasting life, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be not afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Go forward and be not afraid.